to the Serete, a Bleach fandom community podcast brought to you by Portable Gee Guys. They may be a prototype, but take your deep fakes to a whole new and slightly more illegal level. As long as you trust Urahara Kisuke to make you one, you can get yours today. Warning, farting noises may be heard as a gee guy deflates subjects to terms and conditions. See our website for full details. My name is Lethan, and today I'm joined by Shiki. Hello. And Nomi. Or not. No me. Hiya, hiya, hiya. There you are. (laughs) (laughs) How how are you guys doing? I'm going good. I'm good. (laughs) You? Yeah, good. A lot has happened since um, I was on the podcast. Uh, For one thing to our listeners who may not know, No me was actually at my house staying over. That sounds so much fun. It was great. It was a lot of fun. I saw you in the flesh. You weren't just a voice on the other side of a podcast. (laughs) I know, I know, and I will say you're very short in person. Thanks. <laughs> you're well, welcome. Thanks. What are you, you're like five foot one, five foot what five are you? Five foot one, five foot two, something like that. Yeah. Oh. I'm an average height for a Scottish lass. No, you're not. Scotland's like national average is like five foot four. Okay, I tried. <laughs> Listen, how tall are you? Me, I'm like bang on the average of the world, which is five foot four. <laughs> uh. What about you, Shike? Uh, just shy of six foot. Oh, nice. You're taller than I thought you'd be. <laughs> and and Nomi shorter than I thought she'd be. But we had we had lots of fun. We did. We did a, a murder mystery where I was Ooh. fucking useless. No, was it a murder mystery? It was a escape, escape room, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I was fucking I useless those. except for holding things. You did very <laughs> well at unlocking padlocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you could get the code in. That was about all I was good for. <laughs> yeah, it's great. If we ever need a locksmith, yeah. we know who to call. <laughs> <laughs> good fun, good fun. Right. Uh, anyway, we have three episodes, so we're gonna we're gonna get cracking right into these. Uh, can we take it away with those sweet, sweet episode summaries? We can indeed. So, in episode one hundred and forty, Orkiova's scheme: the moment when the sun sets. Battles rage in abundance in Karakura Town. Kisuke's fight with Lupi was interrupted by Wonderweiss using a move that is a Sero, but isn't a Sero. This fight is interrupted by Yami using the same attack. It's a wonder fights don't get finished if people keep interrupting each other. With Kisuke down, Lupi returns to the others only to get, you guessed it, interrupted by Hitsugaya, who traps him in a thousand-year ice prison. Kisuke isn't down, and after showcasing his inflatable sex doll, and resumes his quarrel with Yami. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ichigo and Yami fight, and when things look bad for Ichigo, he's interrupted, slash saved, by Rukia, channeling her in at Hitsugaya and freezing Grimjow. Ice. Grimjow breaks free and is about to Sarah Rukia when who does interrupt him but the smartly dressed Shinji? With Hollow Mask on, the fight seems over quickly until one final interruption, Okiora come to take the kids home. And then we have episode 141. Orihime is given a bracelet by Okiora that allows her to pass through objects and lets only Arankar know she is there. She is allowed 12 hours but everything in her in order in her life and say goodbye to one last person as long as they don't realize what is going on after which she is she will be collected by okiora or he may wanders around visiting places important to her life seeing her friends but is unsure who to say goodbye to 
Meanwhile, Ichigo is resting at home and away from the visards. Visards. I still can't. I still don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> um, as their hollow-like energy would only slow his recovery, Rukia, who is watching over Ichigo, decides to go looking for Orihime, as she isn't able to contact her. Just as she leaves, Orihime goes into Ichigo's room to give her one and only goodbye. And that brings us into episode 142, Order, Forbid Rescue of Orihime Inoue. This episode starts with Ichigo, fully healed, tumbling out of bed and recognising that there's traces of Orihime's spiritual pressure on him. Captain Toshiro Hitsugaya shows up to deliver Ichigo to where everybody is gathered. And Captain Ukitake, who Ichigo is apparently on first name terms with, proceeds to explain his knowledge of Orihime leaving the Soul Society but not making it to the world of the living. Renji offers to deliver Orihime back but is denied, in fact everybody is denied, to rescue her because she must have left on her own free will, right? Right? Uh. When Rukia rightfully refuses to follow these orders, her brother is sent to pick her up and bring her and Renji back to the Soul Society before they can make a fuss. Meanwhile, Tatsuki is frantically searching for her girlfriend, uh, sorry, her <laughs> friend, and punches Ichigo for being an annoying, secretive git. I don't think anybody was surprised when at the end of this episode, Ichigo shows up to Urahara's place ready to rescue Orihime against the orders of the head captain. And we're probably even less surprised to see both Chad and Uryu there ready to help him with their newfound powers. Okay, so episode 140 then. What are our thoughts, opinions, feelings? Can I start on this one? Yes. <laughs> Please. Now, I'm sure you both saw, well, I know you both saw my message last night or before I went to bed. About the physics. <laughs> physics. About physics. Uh -huh. So... World, the world mechanics of the Bleach world. My theory is that spiritual pressure equals waves physics. Okay. So we so we see Urahara canceling out Yami's Bala, correct? Bala being the skill that is like Saro, but not like Saro, and much faster. Yeah. Yeah. How does one cancel something out like that? And we've seen people throw something similar at another attack to negate the effect a little bit, just like you would think throwing like a balloon at a bigger balloon might just like push it back a little bit, but whatever. But it really intrigued me that he was able to outright cancel the Bala. I just went on like a complete hour long deep dive into whether or not spiritual pressure, all the skills and powers and everything are in fact just manipulating the frequency and amplitude of Reishi, being the spiritual particles. And Ryatsu is just how much amplitude you can put into the uh, Reishi. So first, I believe that many of us would think that, oh, it's just like being a water hose. You have a bunch of water in your tank. That means you can hold a lot of spiritual or um, spiritual material, and how much you can send out all at once. That's your spiritual pressure. But what if instead, yes, you can hold a lot of the spiritual particles, but the reatsu being your spiritual pressure is actually just how much amplitude you can give it. 
and the skills themselves are dictated by the frequency you're sending them out at. Sort of like how you play music and every different note sounds different because you're playing it at a different frequency. So you have like your bala, which is a certain frequency, and then you have your sera, which is another frequency. That would then make sense if you can cancel it out because if you can know the frequency of the spiritual particles and the amplitude that it's at, you can match the frequency and then reverse the amplitude, putting it out of phase. That's sort of like how noise-canceling headphones work, where if you have one audio wave going in, you just match it and then flip the um, peaks and troughs of the waves, and it then equals out to zero amplitude. So you hear zero sound. So if you match the frequency of the skill, then you have a, and then flip the waves, you have a zero amplitude skill or a skill with absolutely no force behind it. I like this idea. I like this. It sounds too intelligent for me. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm just nodding going, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very intelligent, but it does not strike me that this would be something that Urahara would like know and be able to master. Like he seems like the kind of guy who like would have the intelligence to be able to work stuff like this out and then be able to use it to his advantage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like I've written, I've actually written down here. He's a very calculating fighter. Whereas mm-hmm. if you compare him mm-hmm. to someone like Ichigo and Renji who go in guns blazing and just, you know, slash away at their swords, Kisuke is much more calculating. He steps back and he watches and he's like, "Oh, I know how you um I've now I now understand what this ballot is and I can now counter it." perfectly because you know he knows what it is so yeah yeah, it's definitely a very kisuke thing to do and you'll probably find that it's a very maori thing to do to like compare things Mm -hmm. yeah of other like scientific nerds we know agreed so yeah i think that's a really cool shout shiki excellent one for all the fan fiction authors to take note of (laughs) i'm just waiting for all the (laughs) listeners just like suddenly come up with that one point that disproves it but i'm waiting for that conversation i will have it with you (laughs) (laughs) that sounds really really good to me i mean i was like writing not as complicated of things for my notes i was like how awesome does benahimi's design look and she that was like one of my notes sorry i'm a physics nerd It's all good. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, oh, sword, pretty. <laughs> I'm no, more huh? like, all the, I, I'm, I took notes of all the different like abilities that we learned, like mm-hmm. Hitsugaya's mm. new Bankai ability, and then a couple of, and then we also learn um, Rukia's, okay. um, another one of Rukia's Shikai abilities. So that's what I was doing in my spare time. <laughs> no, but yeah, you come so and talk get, to physics um, with me. <laughs> No, we we got a uh, we got Toshiro's one, didn't we? Which was Senen Hyoru. Yes, is that right? Did I say that right? Yeah, a thousand year um, ice prison. That is cool, right? Can I just say, by the way, see when he does that and he turns his sword clockwise or counterclockwise, can't remember which direction it was, but when he does that, in that panel, he looks startlingly older. And and I actually Ooh. rewound it because I thought this is like a flash of what Toshiro might look like in the future. Mm. I'm just gonna mm. leave that hanging there. But like, if you go back and you pause on that scene, that panel, you'll like if you've if you've read into the future, you'll know what I mean. That's and I'm gonna look back now. That's interesting. Please do because he yeah. he very much does look significantly 
uh, more mature, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, I'd taken a note of that one because I was like, oh, because it just, because like I've seen a lot of artwork and I was like, oh, that looks just like him being older. Uh, anyway, um, any other <laughs> points of like interest for these sort of fights and things that were happening? Are we going to talk about Kisuke's portable Gigai thing? <laughs> I mean, we could. Like, I, I mean, I was I was taking the piss when I say it would take deep fakes to a whole new <laughs> level, but I'm also sitting here going... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, but does it surprise you? It does not surprise me at all. I mean, the first yeah. thing that did pop into my head is that it is like a sex doll. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, uh, yep, yep. That, yep. Mm-hmm. Which coming from me is, yeah. <laughs> I'm the innocent one of the group. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's where I was planning on taking the Brought to You by, but I thought if somebody's listened to this episode for us for the first time, I maybe don't want that to be the first thing they hear. <laughs> oh, yeah, whoops. <laughs> <sighs> but I love, yeah, he just has this balloon-like thing in his pocket that he can blow up at will and dodge massive attacks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, at which size does it start? Like, how small is it to begin with? Like, it's obviously got to be able to fit in a pocket or under his hat or something, right? Yeah, I mean, it just looked like a balloon. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So, like, about the size of a regular balloon before you blow it up then, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. Must have a lot of stuff <laughs> to blow that up. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it was a prototype, right? He says that he, he just sort of recently invented it. It was a prototype that he done yeah and only he can use it because obviously yes. it looks like him well then does he do you think he already has the portable guy for all the female cast now of course <laughs> i would be of unsurprised course. are you um asking for a friend <laughs> <laughs> well it depends on who we're talking about but why am I always the one that has to pull this podcast out of the fucking gutter? Last, well, the last episode that wasn't around you to talk about tentacle porn, and I'm like, for God's sake, guys! That was just you. No, we kept it clean. No, you did it. It's really did it. Uh, what I would say though, right, I put this down as a note, right? Rukia gets fucking dumb around a pretty face, right? Because, like, she knows how easily she was defeated by Grimjow the last time Grimjow was in town, right? That was not a fun time for her or mm-hmm. Ichigo. Like, she just got, like, batted away as if she was a fly, right? And then she's, like, rushing in, like, freezes him and just assumes that, like, hey, I'll be fine just sitting here beside the statue of this guy that's super ultra-powerful and way more powerful than me whilst I'm trying to get the sword out of Ichigo's hands. Um, I've come to the conclusion that uh, Rukia just goes dumb around a, a pretty face. <laughs> it doesn't really have the I'm not going to say she doesn't have the combat knowledge or skill, but she isn't thinking, at least when she's around Ichigo. I'd avert to my earlier point, dumb around a pretty face. Her, her attack was pretty cool, though. Pun intended. It was very cool. Uh... <laughs> I'll go next. It's too, too near my bedtime to deal with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was her first attack called? It- because we've learnt... Hakuden, right? She does... That was Hakuden. Ha- no, yeah, Hakuden. This was Hakuren, which is White Wave. But they've all got, like, a dance theme. Like, her first one was First Dance, and then this one was Next Dance, which I think is kind of cool that they've all got, like, this dancing elegance theme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it fits when she sees dance, when she releases Sidi mm-hmm. Yuki. 
isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paves the way for lots of dancing Rukia fan fiction. Let's just it, it does. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> yeah. We, we played into that in a few times. It's it's good fun. It's good fun. Here's a question yeah, I mean, for you then. Oh no, go for sorry. it. Oh, go no, on. No, no. Go, go, I'm go. changing I was, the subject. I, I, I was just, I was literally going to say, how much pain must have Ichigo been in while she's trying to like wriggle that bloody sword out his bloody wrist or yeah. arm? Or I was like, it. I was just thinking that oh. when I was like, I was like, that, that's got to hurt. That's got to really fucking hurt. And he's just like totally sitting there, just like, yeah, man, this is like chill. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry, Nomi, to your point, please. Okay, so we saw a character who no one really likes. I mean, Shinji, who's he? Um, (laughs) And he comes swooping in like a knight in shining armor and does a sero, can we point out? Like, you know, it's not just all fun and games. The mask goes down and they don't just get stronger. They actually can sero and summon that kind of hollow power. Mm -hmm. But he was obviously stronger than Grimjo. Yes, yes. And I'm always pointing this out because it always seems to me that they're in Gigai. So, you know, is his power leveled? If Shinji can go Shikai, he didn't go Shikai. He was still in his um, normal standard, standard Zanpakuto form. And before Okioa turned up, we heard, a, we heard a word, grind, which to me sounded like Grimjo was about to release his Zanpakuto. So my question is, would Shinji have won? So I, I mean, if I Wim Jao had released his impact. Oh, yeah. We've got a few factors at play here, and we've got a lot of factors we need to consider, right? It's a bit like, like, like Shinji is that person that arrives to open the bottle after three other people have tried. So like, <laughs> it's been loosened for him, right? <laughs> So, like, Grimjow's already at least lost a little bit of power battling both Ichigo and Rukia. Plus, he's missing a whole arm. Hmm. So, and he Mm -hmm. hasn't released anything yet as well. He just was caught off guard, I believe. But I think Shinji was quite right right in his battle stance where he was like, I'm releasing the Sero and I'm not holding anything back because I know that you're strong and I'm not going to... I appreciated that so much. Me too! Because, like, I hate when characters don't do that shit. Take your battle seriously. Hey, it's not like you're fighting for your fucking life Mm -hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, I was like, thank you for going all out from the get-go. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I guess unless he, like, to go all all, all out, he probably would have had to have gone at least Shikai or Bankai. Um, assuming he can do... It's like, I can imagine he didn't go, like, completely out because then he'd probably destroy the entire freaking city, but... Depending on his power, like, we don't really know what Shinji yeah. can do yet, right? So Yeah, all we know is that he's this half-hollow, you know, at the moment, mm-hmm. is he stronger than Ichigo, or... He's probably stronger than Ichigo because he's obviously got more control over his inner hollow. Yeah, and can put it on for longer, mm-hmm. apparently. That was the longest 11 seconds of Ichigo's <laughs> life last time, wasn't it? So I mean, yes. it takes it takes Ichigo 11 seconds to put the mask on, let alone it take come, it come off. So... <laughs> All I'm going to, all, the only joke I'm going to make here is men and timings. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all I'm going to say. Um. I will say that is so accurate because, like, every time I'm going to class or work recently, I think, oh, it's just a 10 minute walk and it actually takes 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, but I did put Rukia, Rukia, uh, Shinji saved Rukia, so I instantly like him. That was my note that I put down. I was like, yeah. 
Yeah. That makes me like him even more now. <laughs> but I will say, I think part of what makes me not really like the visors that much is the music that plays when they're on screen. I am not a fan of the music choice. It was weird. Mm. It sounded very Espada-like. You know how the Espadas it... have that Spanish guitar theme? Yeah, it's like, but it's the same mm-hmm. tune that plays all the time the visor just sort of around. Yeah, especially and Shinji I was like, that's it. so weird. Yeah, it was the first time I noticed mm-hmm. it that time. When Shinji got that music, I was like, oh, come on, you're going to get better music than that. Agreed. I feel like he's deserving of something slightly cooler. Quirky, but cooler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that does not help my, my cause for what I used to think of him, where I was like, eh, he's whatever. But I think it was just the music, to be honest. <laughs> just have to listen to his arrival on mute, and then you're fine. <laughs> Now, I wanted to bring a point up, actually, in this episode. This is something that we'd spoken about before, where we were like, you know, I, I think it was actually the episode Dale, Nomi and I were on, where we were saying that Orihime was sent away by Urahara to protect her. Like, Urahara knows if her power got into the hands of Aizen, um, that it would be bad. And in this episode, Urahara, when the espada suddenly leave all of a sudden he has this moment where he's looking up and then he's like this realization and he's like oh i should have known and it's i'm wondering straight away if urahara knows exactly what's happened like he's that 10 steps like not it's not ahead because if he was ahead he would have <laughs> stopped it but like he's like knew exactly what's happened and why those Espada are now leaving and what their original goal was when they came in. Yeah, definitely. I do, from this episode, I really got that opinion of a worst fear came to realization for him. And I think that gets confirmed kind of in the next couple of episodes as well, because there's a few other bits of dialogue mm-hmm. where that, that sort of effectively gets confirmed. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I took a note of it. I was like, oh, I should have known. Yeah, you should have. Yeah, cunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I've got for this one. Yep. Other than manga anime differences. Cool. Shiki, any last things for you? Uh no, balls I had really was my big point on physics. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um I had one last little thing and it was more of like a a transition and aesthetic thing, I guess. Um and a cinematography thing. The Ukiora states that the sun has set. The day is ours. That's what he says towards the end of the episode. And in the end of the episode, we see Orihime healing the two soldiers in that, like, in the Dangai, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as she's healing them, it sort of fades to black, but we can still see her half amber, orange, half circle that's covering them, which looks like a setting sun. So when he said the sun mm-hmm. has set, the day is ours, it's Orihime, like, that's what he's referring to. It was just a nice transition and use of Orihime's powers to, like, showcase the setting sun. I just thought it was really well done. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did agree with that, because I thought that was, for some reason, I thought that was the next episode. But, yeah, definitely, that was a really um, pretty and well-shot, well-animated um, scene there. Here's me going, oh, they've got six hours and, you know, she's got until midnight. So all this fighting is happening at 12 noon. That was (laughs) (laughs) was like time frames. (laughs) Right. All right, Denomi, what are our manga and anime differences? So this this episode was pretty loyal to the manga. Um, Just I've just got a couple of like fun facts. So I love fun facts. The fun fact that the manga chapter in which 
um, the majority of this chapter, uh, this episode comes from is called Frozen Clutch, which I thought was pretty cool because, of course, we've got um, the manga chapter starts off with Loopy in his thousand year ice prison. And then further through the episode, you've got Grimjaw being also frozen in like frozen in clutches. So I thought that was a nice little way of tying both um, the ice powers together and would be a great fic title for a Hitsuruki fic. Agreed. <laughs> I was actually when I was taking um, I think it was when I was picking Gee up from the airport or something. I um, I was listening to a song and some of the lyrics were talking about so cold. And now I have a whole fan fiction for Hitsuruki planned to that title, so cold. So Ooh. it just takes one thing. It just takes like a title sometimes, and it then does. you get your fic. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get your fic from the title. And then the next thing is that um, the end of these episodes from Okiora giving Orihime her orders or, you know, the lack of ultimatum um, to the time where she actually leaves, the end of the chapter in the manga is a little flower. And it looks like a Shunshun Rika flower. But at the end of every chapter, petals start falling off. It's very Beauty and the Beast-esque with the petals falling, counting down the time to when she leaves. And then the time, the final, the final flower is actually crushed with blood splatters. Oh, no. Ooh. Yeah. Not cool. But I thought it was a very nice kind of way of counting down the chapters until Rukia, um, Orihime leaves. Yeah, quite... that is quite nice. Mm-hmm. That's us. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling, and I don't want it to be true, but I'm pretty sure this next one has got a lot of anime and manga differences. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. <laughs> oh, no. There were so many scenes in this one I liked, but I was like, oh, this is all going to be manga, like an anime differences that nobody's got... going to rip my heart out in. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was getting that feeling too. <laughs> it seemed very fillery. Yeah. Um, Cool, so then that brings us into episode 141, which is Goodbye Kurosaki-kun, which, mm-hmm. uh, according to the sub-watchers I've heard, is Orihime's favourite phrase. I don't watch a sub, so I don't know, and, and the, she just calls him Ichigo in the yeah. dub, so... Um, yeah, so we see, it starts off with um, Orihime writing a letter. <laughs> writing a list of instructions yep. to Matsumoto and Hitsugaya, which... I think it's adorable that they've written their names on her door plate. <laughs> it's so cute that they're there. Um, and then at the bottom of this letter, she's written goodbye, halcyon days. Yes. Now, if you're, if you're like me and you're not so good with big words, halcyon actually me it denotes a period of time in the past that was idyllically happy and peaceful. Yes, it comes from the idiom uh, Halcyon Days of Yore, mm-hmm. which was, you're right, um, an original meaning of, of calm and often nostalgic days or periods of calm during winter as well when storms do not occur. Yes, yes. It was like from um, like December 14th to midwinter, like December 21st, that kind of period, which mm-hmm. has bigger connotations when you look at this kind of what's on the horizon as a whole and what this arc is co- colloquially dubbed as. Yes. As well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we know that there's a war coming. Like, that's no secret yeah. to anybody. Like, there's there's two giant sides of very powerful people here. They're going to clash eventually, right? So this is very much her saying goodbye to all of the the innocent days that they had. Yeah. Um, in, in preparation for this this war. Yeah, and the manga type, the manga chapter that this episode is taken from is also co- called "Goodbye Halcyon Days" as well. Mm-hmm. I wish they just called mm-hmm. the episode that. I wish it wasn't "Goodbye Kurosaki-kun." I agree. I I definitely yeah. agree. I feel like Orihime gets a lot of stick for that, and again, this is I'm not going to have an anime Orihime rant much, but like I just <laughs> that's like the thing that like a lot of my friends that I've watched with they watch the sub and that's like swift especially who's been watching recently she's like see if i see if i hear kurosaki kun one more time from that woman i'm gonna murder her and like i think i think it's just been overused i don't know because i've not seen the sub but i've heard it's been very overused and so to Mm -hmm. have it in the title as well Mm -hmm. especially when like the goodbye halcyon days is like so much more poetic and so much more intelligent i just wish they called the episode that the way that they'd done the manga chapter agreed and then there was that whole flashback thing of um her remembering her time with ichigo and it was okay it was very much it was very much a case of uh we haven't really animated them together let's throw some things in it was Mm. it was very haphazardly thrown in i think Mm -hmm. yeah this whole episode like because we were going through Everyone that or that or he may would probably say goodbye, like give her final goodbye to. Yeah. And personally, personally, I was hoping and wanting that she would have said goodbye to Tatsuki. Thank you. Because, yes, thank you, Shiki. Yeah, yes, I'm, I'm with you there. I get it. They're trying to push the, oh, she loves Ichigo and you want to say goodbye to the one that you truly love like that. But you can love someone Especially, but especially if you're not with them, there is a connection that she and Tatsuki have as a friendship that goes way back and is way deeper and has like, I don't know. That's just kind of like say like, what was that friendship? How can hmm, I don't know? It just really bothered me because that would be the first person I would have said goodbye to. Personally. Yeah, I. Yeah. I... I will admit I lost a lot of respect for Orihime's character for choosing Ichigo, who, like, no offense, but apart from like the mission to save Rukia, those two don't really know each other that well. Um, uh, compared to her, like one of her best best friends, like I just bros before mm-hmm. hoes, man, bros before you know. I just I was not a fan mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, and I know it happens in the next episode, but I gotta bring it up right now. But when we, we this is just like. Oh, even more so shown that she should have said goodbye to Tatsuki when you see just how destroyed Tatsuki is in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. Like, like, ta- like Ichigo obviously knows, uh, we'll, co- we'll talk about it more when we come into the next episode, but Ichigo obviously knows where Orihime went, so he's obviously concerned, but not as concerned as Tatsuki, who's frantic, who's like, where mm-hmm. has my friend gone? I've always been able to, to feel her. Something else I want to touch on in the next episode part, but like, just, yeah, I agree. I'll talk about it more in the next episode, in the next part of the episode, summer uh, chats, but yeah, I just, I agree. <laughs> I was I was fucking raging at her for that. Yep. Oh, anyway. Also, Kor- or- Orihime, did anybody ever tell you that consent matters? Like, had the roles been reversed, yeah, that would have been creepy. 
So yeah. Like, I'm glad if they were officially so dating, maybe. Didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they were dating, like, if they were dating totally, that would be fine. Like, I feel like if you're dating somebody and you know that they reciprocate the feelings and you're saying goodbye to them because you think you're literally going off to die. Like, I think everybody would agree that that's a, a, a perfectly reasonable time to kiss your loved one a final farewell. You know what I mean? Even if they're slightly unconscious. But somebody that has not stated that they have that kind of interest in you and they are passed out and they can't consent to it, it just seems not cool. Um, and yeah, because like, imagine if they really did actually like you in return. Say that again, sorry? Oh, sorry. I so said, imagine if she didn't actually, or he, if he did not actually like her in return, then Agreed. that would have been a big no no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Like, consent like, matters. Sure. They might be friends, and those two might have like apologized, and it would just been like a thing they put behind them. But for most people, that's not something you would want to promote. Just like kissing someone because you love them, unless you know that they love you back. That's that can lead to some really problematic things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean it depends, I guess, a little bit on where she was going to kiss him. Like, see if it had been like the mm-hmm. top of his head or something as a farewell, mm-hmm. like in his hair. That, that to me, that would be like okay, right? yeah, yeah, fair. You know, fair. Because you do that to like a sick child. You know what I mean? Like the child's lying in bed or whatever. You give them a kiss in the head. You know, or even like I feel like for guys, like for for people who are slightly more masculine to people who are slightly more feminine kissing them on the hand something like that is also like Mm -hmm. or kissing on the cheek i guess and in some cultures is also acceptable but she was going for the lips man Mm -hmm. she was going for it um and i was like oh i remember when i first seen this i was like oh no 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 no. stop 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 like that's not okay um but just because i was thinking about if the roles were reversed um so, but anyway, glad she stopped. Yeah, uh, glad she didn't. And I, I, I get where the sentiment was coming from. Like, obviously, she's going off to die. I get that. But I'm just, I'm still like, yeah, but consent matters. Yeah, no, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I feel like we're talking this episode from back to the, to the start of it, aren't we? <laughs> we're going back to the start. Um, I wanted to raise a little point though of Rukia's just latent friendship love for like Ichigo and Orihime like the two like Mm -hmm. her she was so concerned for both of them in this episode like she was obviously concerned for Ichigo more because of how badly he was hurt but then once she had him home and knew that he was resting she was then like her concern swapped entirely to Orihime where she's like I can't reach her like I can't get hold of her and then she was like running out and she's like really hungry and she runs on Ichigo's sisters and they're like here's some food and she's like i'm not hungry and they're like well you are um mm-hmm. but like she's just really concerned for orihime and i just i love anything that adds depth to rukia's character and this did yes that whole and i'm i'm looking at you right now no naomi but yeah me too i know that this entire <laughs> scene was probably anime only and you'll confirm this with me probably in a few minutes but that was it was like a very a very love a lovely scene with the Kurosaki family and Rukia. That care that you just see their family bond, you see just how much they've accepted Rukia into their family unit as well. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like you can see all the connections that everyone in the circle has. Rukia, Orihime, Ichigo, the Kurosaki family, probably even Chad and Uryu. Yeah, I could see the Kurosaki family very much so accepting Uryu in a 
in a pot in like a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But, very, very understanding <laughs> and accepting family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like back to your um, point, Lethen. It's like definitely the whole like showing the concern for both of her friends. Um, it makes sense that she was going after Ichigo first because he was the one who was immediately injured right in front of her and yeah. she knew that hey this is the more important thing because i know for a fact ichigo is injured or he may as far as she was aware at the time probably was fine but just a little late and causing concern mm-hmm. so it makes sense that and why I it took her that was hot how, minute that may have also been how she recognized orihime was quote-unquote missing so to, mm-hmm. to Rukia, she took the shortcut through to the to the world of living and Orihime was going to take a bit travelling through the Dangai, right? That was just what was mm-hmm. expected. Um, but the fact that Rukia then obviously gets Ichigo back to the house, she her first point of contact to heal Ichigo would then be Orihime. So I bet you that was the exact moment where she was like, oh shit, I can't actually get a hold of her. She should be back by now. Where the fuck is she? Yep. I've, I've just got a note there saying, like, Yuzu being the best little sister to Rukia. Yeah, she's so adorable. Trying to feed her adorable. with, like, ketchup so omni rice with her face on it. Aww. I was like, oh, it's cute as <laughs> shit. <sighs> Are you guys ready to have your hearts broken? <laughs> no, yes. not yet. I'm just reading <laughs> through do this. It. Don't do it. No, don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. <laughs> Stab the knife in and nope, twist no, it. No, I'm not there yet. Right, with. hold on. I've got, I've got a few notes. I've got a few notes. Shh, <laughs> okay. I've got uh, before we get before we get our hearts ripped out. Uh, we've got Rangiku's soul phone is so cute. Like she's decorated it. She's put like stuff all over <laughs> it. Like it's a reddish color. It's got like stickers and stuff on it. And like that's adorable. Trust Rangiku mm-hmm. to have a phone like that. Um, also, Yamachika trying to protect his boyfriend from Ururu. Uh, that was that was cute. Yeah. <laughs> Mummy Yumi. Oh, right, okay. Now you can break my heart. Okay. So, a little bit of context for you. An average Bleach episode consists of three to four manga chapters. Mm-hmm. This episode... Had one. Was one manga chapter. Oh my god, no! <laughs> right, you don't need to say anymore. I'll just like have my maladaptive daydreaming to myself that this is all. No, go, please. Uh, so, yeah, as it got towards the end of the episode, I was like, is this a competition and how long they can drag this one chapter out? <laughs> so, we'll start off with um, Mummy Yumi and trying to protect his boyfriend that yeah, is manga no. only because <laughs> yeah. yep. you had those annoying fucking characters in it yeah yep. Oihime basically showing off her ghost girl powers in town going to the school um, that whole kind of scene in the school with Keigo and Mizuru and knocking the chair over yeah that was all anime only her going to find Patsuki oh was anime only what? Yep, she wow. yep, she basically writes the letter to um Rangiko and Matsumoto um, Rangiko and Matsumoto are the same person. <laughs> 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 Rangiko and Toshiro. Which can we just add, they've been living in her house for the past three months or whatever, and only now she's telling them how to do trash. <laughs> uh well to be fair, I think that Captain Hitsugaya is the kind of guy who would have 
been able to pick that up from watching her do it. Like, I feel like he's astute enough that he's probably picked that up, but Rangi, mm-hmm. he wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, so she goes straight from writing that letter to um, Ichigo's bedroom. Um, you'll be pleased to know, though, that there was a small <sighs> interaction with Vukia and the, and the twins. Okay. Um, she opens the door and, and they're like, is it okay if I eat in here? And she's like, yeah, sure. Um, and then they go in alone and eat and then fall asleep. And that kind of, that scene when you see them both kind of asleep and then it zooms in on their faces and it zooms in on the empty plates and then it zooms and then it's Ohime coming through the, um, the curtains. That's like picture perfect to the manga. But the whole extra plate of food for Wukia and all, all the Wukia stuff that she does, that is all anime only. I figured her introduction with uh, mm-hmm. do, uh, Dr. Kurosaki would have been yep, definitely. That, or, uh, yeah. Yep. And washing dishes. I'm like, the manga ain't got time for that shit. Yeah, um, no. Um, <laughs> which, that whole that whole scene with Ishin as well. Um, trying to remember it now, but there was something that just struck me as really odd. Like, Ishin's quite perceptive on a good day. Um, so it was mm-hmm. nice to see like anime Ishin and that perceptors of you know take a coat it's cold out or whatever he says. Um, yeah, but she just ignores, <laughs> and I'm like, she's got a nice tight <laughs> I was gonna say she's probably like you know she doesn't get cold. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, pretty much the whole this chapter is 19 pages, and they fit it into a 25 minute episode. Uh. But other than that, you know, it's 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 it was cute. <laughs> that just that makes me even more annoyed though. Like I thought, like I I appreciate actually the anime taking the time to have Orihime even consider going mm-hmm. or being close to to Tatsuki because it seems even more of like a kick in the nuts that she didn't even do anything like that in the manga. Yeah. Yeah, it's like there's some filler things with the anime and episodes where it's like, do we really need that little bit of filler? But there's a lot of things where it's just like, I feel the anime extra. You appreciate it. Yeah, it, it just feels like the whole anime adding this extra bit of filler, especially like in this one and a few other areas in the past, it just humanizes the characters more. It makes them more like connect you so you can connect to them. Yeah, I agree. Really? And I think because I agree with this part, and I, I know that we're selectively picking our non-canon content here, but like, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of when they, they dumb characters down or make them comic relief. Like, I still yeah. am a firm believer that Orihime, Renji, and Uriu got their character shot on a little, right? I'm still a firm believer yep. in that. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't feel like that for Orihime this episode. I thought that this was a really humanizing episode for her, especially because we're obviously getting that symbolism of the setting sun. And that's where we see most of her scenes as the sun is setting. Um, and she's walking around town and she's like, she realizes that nobody can see her. And and, and, it, and then she goes into the classroom. She's like, why am I hiding? They can't even see me. Um Granted, that was a little bit of a stupid moment, but she she kind of she like she rectified it by saying, "Wait a minute, they can't see me." Yeah. But like, I just thought that those little scenes of her going to other people and being around other people and considering her options brought her to life mm-hmm. a lot more. I agree to an extent. Like, I do like the little bits of extra they had to bump out and make Ohime more human. But I felt like because of that whole contemplation of speaking to Tatsuki, being that close to Tatsuki and that whole 
football incident and them locking eyes with each other, it just hurt so much more that she chose Ichigo over Tatsuki. Yeah. Whereas in the manga, you don't get there's n- there's nothing that would even say that she would consider going to Tatsuki. Which yeah, okay, it's a little bit mean. Does that not make it worse? Yeah, it makes it it kind of makes it worse, but it also means it's better because you don't think of like when you're reading it, you don't think of Tatsuki in that way. Like you're not. Mm-hmm. It's not like dangling a carrot in front of you. Whereas the ma- the anime dangles that carrot. And then yanks it away from you. Or oh, cookie, because cookies are better than cats. Yep. <laughs> so it's like six and two threes. It's it's good and it's bad. They're both good and they're both they have both have their good points and both have their bad points, really. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, fair. You can you can argue for both there. Right. Uh, was there any more? No, that was it. Thank God. <laughs> for this one. <laughs> oh, my heart was already. Anyway, all right. So that takes us on to 142 then, which was order for bid rescue of Orihime. Anyway, because she didn't go to Tatsuki, that's why we're doing it. End of story. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. I wanted to like call out like Ichigo. Be- like I don't know if this happened in the sub or if this is just a dub thing, but like Ichigo being on first ter- name terms with Ukitaki was just really fucking funny to me. Because yeah. like everybody else is like Captain Ukitaki and Ichigo's like Jushiro, why are you here? Yeah, I know that was dub. In, in the sub, he's Ukitaki fan. I want to say, yeah. yeah, he put a san on there, so you know it was pretty formal. I think, I think so. Ichigo. Yeah, because yeah, I noticed it because Ichigo doesn't normally use honorifics. But when Okataki was on mm-hmm. the screen, he actually said Okataki san. And I was like, look at you, Ichigo, using your formal, like, you know, being formal and proper to your elders. But I think that kind of makes sense with Okataki because that's someone who I think Ichigo would actually respect. Yeah. I, I agree. It did feel very out of place, for the, especially because, like, what, like, like, Ichigo's barely spoken to the man. Like, you know, the man saw him off at the end of his time in the Soul Society. Like, and I'm like, Ichigo's a bit of a punk, yeah. But, like, I don't see him being like, all these other people are referring to this guy as, like, Captain Ukitaki. And I'm just going to shout over them all, hey, Jashiro. It just feels strange. I don't know. We've missed all those filler episodes. Maybe Ukitaki and Ichigo went out for a drink one time. <laughs> Bonded over sake and almond juice. <laughs> oh, I can't read that. What is this note meant to say? Oh, right, never mind. I've got it. <laughs> can't even read my own fucking writing. Right, I've put Orihime healed Ichigo. Orihime. Oh, that was it. Heals. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, but that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she would. She would. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also thought that that was kind of risky of her too, because she got told not to do anything that would like mm-hmm. jeopardize. Yeah, 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 that would let them on to the whole. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a big thing to do, but she did it anyway, which is fair. Did you not think that both Ukitaki and Yamamoto were being, one well, maybe not Yamamoto, but both of them were very mean in their delivery and almost manipulative with their words and how they were saying. That, you know, Ichigo must fight with them. They need him and all that. It was very true to Yamamoto because he is very... I got it more from my Yamamoto now. And especially after Dale raised their points about, like, how Yamamoto functions as a character. After hearing them describe him like that, I was like, hmm. Hmm. I'm paying attention to it a lot more. And actually, they're right. Um, Like, with this scene in particular, I didn't really get it from Ukitaki, but that could just be, like, a sudden dub difference thing. But from 
uh, Yamamoto where he's like, no, you will like fight with us. You're not going to go and rescue your friend. I was like, fuck you, man. Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was when Okutaki was giving his worst case scenarios. Like his tone and delivery were just very mean and very kind of unemotional in his delivery. I don't know how it was for the dub if he was a little bit more. No, it was not like that. It sympathetic, uh, but no, he yeah. was not. He was very monotone in the sub. Like, I mean, to me, that kind of makes sense though, because these two, especially, are basically the older generals of the whole military that is the soul society they are used or at least Tukatake is used to giving this kind of information is probably used to breaking bad news and these what if things um they're either captured or they're dead so it probably doesn't phase him as much even though he is connected to those who he is giving the information to mm, i imagine if- with this I really disagree with that, Shiki. Just like I get what you're saying. You're right. He's an older man in the in the general. Blah 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 blah. But I I just mm-hmm. I feel like the dub got this better because he doesn't strike me as it, like after after risking everything to go and save Rukia, which he felt somewhat personally responsible for. Like we've already seen that incredibly empathetic side of him, and I've never once heard him speak callously to somebody, even if he is having to deliver bad news. I just don't see it in his character. I, I feel it was like callous though. I didn't watch a sub, so I don't know. I'm just taking what what Nomi said, um, mm. but like, I, I just I feel like he would have felt somewhat personally responsible for this because he was the one who last saw her, and yeah, I don't, yeah, I see him being empathetic towards the situation and feeling for each goal more than anything. Agreed. That's why it sounded so uncharacteristic for me, because uh, I agree. Like from what I remember, and I could be misremembering. Who knows what I had for lunch this morning, let alone what happened in two episodes I watched last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, and But you definitely expect a little bit more from Okitake, a little bit more sympathy, um, empathy, empathy, because he's relating to it. So I added a training on sympathy versus mm-hmm. empathy. I know everything now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I d- you definitely expect a little bit more empathy coming from him and relating it back to himself but even the manga even um, when he's just standing there he's just so stoic and there wasn't like his usual glint twinkle in his eye like normally he's a very calm happy person he's like very rarely serious and uh, we saw him serious in the fight with cayenne but that was a need to be serious mm-hmm. other times he's very calm and relaxed whereas here he's completely stoic stone-faced delivering the bad news but do you think that maybe he knew exactly what um, yamamoto was going to say if orihime was discovered as having left I'm sure he probably would have had some inclination because he knows Yamamoto quite well. Yeah, but I also feel so, like a, he took over from talking to Yamamoto because he's like, "There's some news I felt I had to tell you myself." So wouldn't mm-hmm. that then agree? Wouldn't that then mean that he would tell it better than what than how Yamamoto would have told him? Mm-hmm. Maybe I just get the feel, feeling that he didn't want to give hope to them for a rescue, knowing that if a rescue was on their mind. Yamamoto would have like shot that down immediately. Oh, he probably knows his rescue on on like on his mind. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> mind. Yeah, but they must know that even Taylor Ichigo. No, 
That's like tailing a puppy. Yeah, that's one thing no I was like. Case, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like that's the one thing I was like Yamamoto. You know for a fact that you can't control Ichigo. Like your captains that are under you, yes, you can you can control them. They don't really have a choice in the matter. But telling that to Ichigo, I get where Yamamoto is coming from, and like the he's trying to put the better of the world in all existence over saving a single person and he's taking a very utilitarian mindset to it but it was just like a telling that to ichigo was very much so presumptuous of him that mm. yeah there was a most of my notes are from this scene to be honest because big bro biakia getting sent to get <laughs> Renji for me will never yep. not be funny like that will never like i'm here to pick you up like don't like you're coming five more minutes dad no you're coming down right it just that will never not be funny for me but also the fact that renji offers to go into hukumundo why mm-hmm. i think because remember he remember how we've been having this this chat and this hint the Renji's been wanting to get answers from Urahara, right? Mm-hmm. So he was like, I will train Chad and you answer my questions. Like, it's, it, Renji has been in the world of the living to get information out of Urahara. That's what he's wanted more than anything. I think that Renji knew, because I think Urahara has told him over his concerns of Orihime's power being combined with Aizen's. And so Renji's offering to go and get Orihime back because he actually knows all that information. Mm-hmm. Mm. That makes that sense. That makes sense, yeah. That and probably part of him wants to help, you know, impress Ricky a little. Yeah, impress Ricky. Yeah. He feels he feels he owes Ichigo for saving Rukia, yeah, so true. he's he's gonna go back, he's gonna, you know, do the same and go rescue Orihime with him. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys watch, speaking of the fact that it was Byakura and Kenpachi who turned up, did you guys stick to the end and watch the Shinigami picture book? Yes! I know I didn't this time. <laughs> did you see what it, Shiki's No, I didn't see it this time. Oh my gosh. So basically, um, they're basically just asking, oh, you guys turned up pretty quick. Were you guys just waiting there? Um, and they're like, yeah, we were just standing there. And I can't remember who it was, but I think it was Renji, and he's like, oh my gosh, you had to wait with Kenpachi, I'm so sorry. And he was like, no, it was quite fun, actually. Bianca was like, no, it was quite fun, actually. <laughs> just both of them it's just... Kenpachi's face just like, sparkles just in a so big smile. It's like, what did you guys do back there? And I'm put... There's, there's, like, there's listeners who I know who are probably thinking exactly what they were yeah. doing <laughs> behind yeah. those doors. But, you know... I did, just... not, I did not get the ship before. I really didn't. Like, people in the server... There's loads of people in the server that ship Kenpachi and Biakia, and I'm like, I don't get it. And then after this, I'm like, oh my god, you assholes i fucking get it now like yeah, that, this is the one that's that a big it fucking seed just like planted like what uh, <laughs> oh it's funny that you've got to laugh you have to laugh like that was yep. obviously what they were insinuating it was just very 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 fucking funny yeah um <laughs> but yeah yeah it was uh, very well done <sighs> um right okay are we going to talk about the heartbreaking scene of like tatsuki looking for orihime Yes, it, again, it hurts so much more that Orihime didn't say goodbye to Tatsuki and was like, ah, mm. 
Yes, and in fact, the Tatsuki knew like all the places where Orihime would be. She goes to like the donut mm-hmm. shop. She goes to the ice cream parlor. Like she knows Orihime. Like she's running all over, frantic. And then we find. I was feeling out... my heartbreak the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and but we find out why she's so frantic when she goes and obviously starts decking Ichigo. But she says to Ichigo something that I captured because I was like oh my god this ties into a point that Dale was making Dale made this point a few episodes ago where they said that um, like it would probably be very hard for Yamamoto to feel the presence or spiritual pressure of people in the world of the living because like try like there'd be like a barrier there and I, I remember I agreed with them at the point I remember saying yeah mm-hmm. like that makes sense it's like a whole other world way so how would how would Yam- Yamamoto know that the vi- like like know that visors are present or know that like Urahara's there or Yoroichi's there like how would he know that but actually Tatsuki was able to send Sorohime when she was training mm-hmm. Um, the Soul Society, because she says that she's always been able to sense her, and recently it's as if she's been through a wall, and that was when she was in the Soul Society, and then she just vanished. So you can sense people between these worlds. I have a theory about this. Yes! Go, please! Okay, so my theory is that you can, you are much more attuned to someone's spiritual pressure um, the closer you are. So it's that's what I was thinking too. It's so it's similar to like a soulmate kind of thing. Um, yes. So you can, I love it. Yeah, you can always sense the people that you're closest to. So you definitely be able to sense um, loved ones, friends, families. Was you know Yamamoto probably doesn't isn't on the pond on that level with Visor, so that's why he can't sense them in the world of the living. Whereas Tatsuki, mm-hmm. soulmate, best friends, however you want to ship them, can sense Ohime. Yep, agreed, and that just makes Orihime's betrayal all the worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I felt that. Tatsuki got done dirty. She did. She did. really she got done dirty with all of Bleach. Like, where is her power? And it's yeah. not even something that we can attribute to manga versus anime. She gets done dirty in the manga, too. Yeah. it's it, This is definitely... Tatsuki is someone that I really feel for because you don't you don't see her as much. And the anime's done, you know, they've done a good job trying to in, insert her a little bit more and flesh out her character, but they've not had much to go on because of the manga. A fan fiction author out there needs to rewrite Bleach where Tatsuki gets powers like Orihime and Chad. Please, for the life of God, fucking do it. I read one where she was the <laughs> lieutenant of 10th. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So wait, 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 what happened to Rangiku? Okay, it was a soul swap, so Ichigo. Oh. Um, Ichigo was soul reaper, and Rukia was human. Oh. But it was Renruki. I can send you the link if you want, but it's Renruki. <laughs> hey. I'm suddenly less interested. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we say that Ichigo kind of deserved that punch? To be honest. Yes. Yes, that's what I put down. It was like, yes, I was like, I felt kind of like. I know I don't advocate for violence in these kind of th- things, but I felt kind of like just happy because Ichigo deserved that and needed it that badly. Yeah, like yeah, Ichigo is very cold-hearted in this scene. Like Tatsuki lets on that he she knows. So at this point, Ichigo could have just gone, "Okay, like you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get her back." He could have reassured mm-hmm. her a little bit more. Yeah. Absolutely, especially when we get Tatsuki's backstory of all the times that she reassured Ichigo when Ichigo was crying. Uh-huh. And we've got that little flashback. Funnily enough, that was a flashback that was manga only that was missing from very, very, very early anime episodes of 
a baby Tatsuki going and sitting beside a baby Ichigo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm mm. pretty sure that's when Ichigo owns up to her that he he talks about like being able to see ghosts from that young an age. Yeah. Um, and that's why we find out that he'd been walking beside the river because he was waiting to see his mum's ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like that scene, that was the exact part of the manga that was missing from all those episodes ago, but we just got as a quick, quick flash. We didn't hear any audio, but like that, like, like Tatsuki's been there for him, you know? Mm-hmm. And Ichigo is not being there for her. Everybody's shitting on Tatsuki. This is a shitting on Tatsuki episode. No, we need to we need to protect the Tatsuki. Yeah, what yeah, do Tatsuki some love? Mm-hmm. Yes, Tatsuki Appreciation Day. <laughs> yeah, Tatsuki <laughs> Appreciation Club. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Ichigo deserved that punch. To be fair, oh, really, really did. Definitely. Yeah. And then at the end, towards the end of this episode, we get Urahara finally owning up to saying, you know, I left Orihime. I yes. told Orihime to to stay out to protect her. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And then we meet Chad and Ishida again. Like, it's been a while, Yay! Ishida. Because mm-hmm. we've seen Chad before. Like, Chad's, um, you know, got left out of the other other matches. But, like, we've not seen Ishida since... Oh, it's been a while since he was training with his dad. Yeah, and he's got his funky outfit back yeah, and his cape. he does. So, yeah, it's definitely been a while. I'm happy, like, the gang's back together again. And like yeah, me too. That was something I was thinking of. Like when Yamamoto and Okutaki were there telling everybody what had happened. Like you can kind of feel for Renji at this point because Renji, out of everybody in that room, was the only one who didn't go fight because he got told to stay mm-hmm. behind. So maybe that's another reason as to why he wants to go rescue Ohime is because he felt guilty for not fighting with everybody else. And the well, same could go because... for Chad as well, because he wasn't there fighting. That's because Renji's useless, though. He can't win a fight without help. <laughs> Poor Renji. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong, though. Tell me I'm wrong. I can't. But poor Renji. <laughs> 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 oh, anyway, right. Uh, yeah, that's like, I think that's all my notes. I've got one last point to make before I break hearts. Love it. Go for it. Um, did you notice how constantly throughout this episode, um, Ichigo constantly has bags under his eyes? Like, he just looks Aww. so drained and just so emotional, just so worn out by everything that's happened, probably all the stress and the anxiety of everything that's happened. And you can see that with um, his bags under his eyes and just how downtrodden he looks. Makes you want to give Ichigo a hug, even if he was mean to Tatsuki and deserved the punch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, I was. I made a note on all that where it was like the whole Ichigo trying to play everything off, play den- playing denial on the whole stuff, and because you know in the back of his mind he's definitely planning on going to save Orihime regardless, but he's trying to do that whole like making everyone think he's fine and distancing himself. The fact is that's a very draining thing to do. And it really, they did a really good job reflecting it on not just his in his voice, but in the actual art of his character as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he feels he still has this feeling like he has to do everything by himself. He's not learned that lesson mm-hmm. yet because I was still surprised that he didn't even ask like Shinji and that for their help. I get that he's not massively close with them, but he has been training with them and he's got a lot to thank them for. And maybe if he went and explained the position, and especially you know 
Hachi was quite like was was close-ish to Orihime, and if they knew that Aizen, you know, or the the like this these Espada potentially have access to this kind of power, like they at least because of Hachi will understand what that could mean for everybody. Yeah, yep, it goes back to my whole rant a few episodes ago about lack of character development and yeah. sticking with that development. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's infuriating sometimes, isn't it? It really is. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like Ichigo's just got that 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 whole guy thing about him where he's like, he just will not ask for directions, <laughs> he won't ask for help, but he won't read the instruction manual. Like, just fucking ask something, yep. Ichigo, please. <laughs> yep. <sighs> um, and speaking of, like, I I I, I know I've just had a wee pop at guys we do actually love you as i promise it's just just one of those things but like tiny little feminist rant why is it another fucking Mm -hmm. girl that has to get saved like yeah that i I was making that that connection too is like so first it's rukia that gets kidnapped and needs rescuing now it's orihime that gets kidnapped and needs rescuing it's like we're just recycling we're seeing a pattern here yeah 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 uh, I will admit that's kind of bogus shit storytelling, and this is another reason why coming into the the sort of Iran car type arc, um, the Hukumundo arcs, I am not a fan of these I mean, ones. Why and not rescue people... Chad? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I get that Orihime's power is really good, and I would I would totally agree with this as a storyline if it hadn't just mm-hmm. happened with fucking Rukia. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this. Um, because this one makes sense to me, like Orihime being taken because of the power that she has, like that yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense to me, um, and I like how it was done as well. The Rukia, but because it's already been like this has been done before, like we smelled this shit. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so we'll see. I think uh, I think coming into these these this new season, like there's a lot of pacing issues that I've got with the episodes, where like fucking half the episodes are recaps and. Mm. I'm not massively looking forward to, but I'll just have to fucking power my way through for the sake of the podcast. Yeah, it's mm. it's gonna be easy. It's been a while since I've watched like the Waco Mundo arc as well, especially looking at it through the um manga and anime differences. I'm actually looking forward to the analytic side of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, this arc because this arc is just so choppy. It'll be nice to watch it without the fillers. To get the one yeah. full cohesive storyline. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's very true. Um, cool. Any more for any more then? Just some hearts to break, I suppose. With ah, uh, go for okay. it. Okay, <laughs> we'll start. We'll start lightheartedly. Um, okay. So, um, in the anime, Orihime lives in room in flat two hundred one, and in the manga, she lives in flat four hundred seven. There you go. That was. Nice and fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fucking random difference. Yeah. <laughs> and then um. The teacher's got new glasses in the manga, whereas in the anime she has a new haircut. Okay. Those were your nice ones. Okay, right. So, (laughs) Tatsuki. The whole scenes of Tatsuki running around to Ohime's favorite places was filler. Doing Tatsuki dirty. Yep. Yep. And then the whole scene with the sisters and... Aishin and Khan and the wall like chewing each other up. That was also anime only. Uh, but it was just those two. I mean, this one was about two and a half episodes. Uh, two and a half mm-hmm. chapters. So this one was average um, manga chapter to anime ratio. But yeah, it was just that whole 
Tatsuki done dirty. Manga Tatsuki done dirty. That's never been as a done before, has it? Hmm? He says it's never been done before. No, what? It's like Tatsuki's got the complete opposite. Like anime does Oihime dirty, manga does Tatsuki dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right, okay then. Well, if that is everything for our episodes, um, shall we move on to delving into the Dungai? We shall. Yes. Have we got anything? No. So, as far as I'm aware, <laughs> we don't have any Bleach news, but yes. I would like to wish a special happy birthday oh, to no. our lovely Lethen. <laughs> it will be a week over for after or once this podcast comes out, but... Lesson, happy birthday. Cece, don't you dare, Shiki, don't you dare. Shall, do you want to sing, Naomi? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's do it. No, we're not, no. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to, to you. you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. I'm going to edit this happy entire birthday, dear Lesson. Happy, happy birthday to you. To you. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, happy birthday, Lesson. Oh, thank you. Yay. <laughs> I thought Shiki was going to call me an old crone to make Gee laugh again, but it's fine. <laughs> and he, he did say he was nah, going to be nice to you. Okay, that's fine. Thank you. Appreciated. That was great. Like, like we're moving on. <laughs> Shinigami Copper Oxide Edition. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I'll start it off with yeah. who wore it best. For me, it was Yumi Chika in the mummy wrap, just in time for Halloween. <laughs> oh, did you have the same one? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, it's fine. Oh. I'll find a new one. <laughs> Mine was uh, the Omni Rice wearing Rukia's face. Oh. Mm. <laughs> All right, best ship then. Uh, for my best ship, uh, Tatsuki's friendship with Ichigo and Orihime. Even though it might get violent, you can tell just how deeply they all care for each other. Even if Tatsuki gets done dirty by the <laughs> other two. I was sitting there, I was like, you can tell they all care for each other? Bullshit, you can tell Tatsuki cares about those two, that's about it. <laughs> My best ship is the roommate ship of Ohime, Rangiku, and Toshiro. Oh, I love mm -hmm. that because they all have their names on it, that's cute. So cute. That's cute. My best ship goes to Ichigo's head in that glass window. Talk about a breakup. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm not sorry for that. Right, double take. Um, so my double take was the questioning the mechanics of Reishi in this world. Oh. It was, again, that was an hour long research just to verify that I wasn't forgetting my physics and seeing <laughs> if it actually could fit. And if any... If any listeners are also physics, ner physics nerds and wants to talk to me about this, DM me, tag me on the server, whatever. <laughs> love it. Um, I love random Google holes we fall down and one little idea that springs in from an, anim from an anime episode. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, mine was the one chapter equals one episode. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. <laughs> Uh, my double take is actually one that Nomi, you said you were going to go back and look at. So it is uh, Toshiro's artwork and look and style when he uses Sen and uh, Hyoro. Oh, yes. Hmm. 
That's a shout out to the future, shall we say? <laughs> um, cool fandom shout outs then. All right, for my fandom shout out, it is a cosplayer on Instagram. Cosplayer, with... yay! Yep. Wow. Nozomi.na underscore two. A very, Holy very shit. well done Grimjaw. Holy shit! Like, this is like perfect. Like I, this is you go to a con with this and get pictures taken left and right. This is yeah. very photoshopped. Like I need people to know that this is incredibly photoshopped. Yeah, there's there's definitely photoshopping in this. <laughs> yeah, there is. When you compare, well, I suppose actually maybe it's um, maybe there, the but there's definitely is is like one of those plate things that you put on like it might be like a fake torso rather than photoshopping because i was going to say the difference between the skin from the hand mm -hmm. like the hand you could see clutching they're not that's normal skin to the mm -hmm. it's either photoshopped or it's like one of these plate things these things that you wear yeah yeah there's another one though of him not sure if you see it in the recommended like underneath it but there's another one where he's like having his hand out it, it's really well done. I don't know if it... Mm, it's very well done. It's, it's so cool. Like, regardless of how they've done it, whether it's they've worn something or they photoshopped, it doesn't matter. It's still fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. So, my fandom shout-out is this image that I found on Twitter. It is by at C-H-T-T-W-N underscore. And it's a very... Oh! It's a very interesting premise. It is spoilerish, ish. Um, so do be. It's spoilerish for this current arc, not for anything in the future. Um, so if you've watched to the end of the anime, you'll be fine. But it's a very interesting premise about um, a role swap. What would happen? And I want it to happen. But are you going to describe the image to the people that can't see it? No. <laughs> So the image is of a how like how do I do this without spoilers? <laughs> um, so the image is of a character holding the Hogyoku to his head, and that just it's the premise of um, Aizen swapping with Shinji. I mean that's not spoilers at all. So it's the premise that Aizen and Shinji have swapped, and Shinji is the one who is merging with using his powers to. We ate Avanka with the Hogyokus, and that's the image. And it's a very interesting premise. And even the art, like the image, is just stunning. Like the little, the little shiny bits coming off of the Hogyoku on the head, and the glitter in his eyes. So Spent far too long. I don't know. Looking at this image, I'm for some reason I'm just getting House Moving Castle feel. Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting. It's like the the artwork style of his face and his hair. It's mm -hmm. very Howl's Moving Castle. It's funny because um, there's a lot of Shinji as Howl on the internet. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, it's kind of like playing yeah. into that a little yeah. bit. But like, I love the movement as well. Like, see the, the movement of the lighting as you come down, like his mm -hmm. collar. His collar is almost blurred when you compare it to like the, the hair mm -hmm. that's closer to the Hokioku, meaning that obviously anything out with the, that sort of focal point is getting blurred. It's really, really nice. 
This is a very well done piece. Very, very good. Yeah, definitely worth looking up. My piece ties into um, Halloween, which will, when this episode comes out, will be like the next again day or really that weekend. So happy <laughs> Halloween, everybody. This artist goes by the name of Necro. Before you go looking them up, I do have to say they draw a lot of not safe for work stuff. The things that I'll be sharing, the link that I'll be sharing is not not safe for work. It's safe for work. It's very safe for work. Um, but there's a lot of not safe for work stuff there and a lot of spoilers on their content. So if you are going to go browsing, just please keep that in mind. But they do these cute pieces of art of like Urahara dressed up for uh, Halloween. I don't know if it's like, if he's no. maybe like some kind he's of... He's the Mad Hatter. Right? From Alice yeah, 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 right, okay. Yeah, because he's got the 10 and the ten and 21s. Yeah, he's... Okay, okay, that's better than where I was going. I thought he was like dressed up as like something from ba- Black Butler Book of Circus, but yes, okay, <laughs> even better. But there's like they've done a few of these characters. There's like one of uh, Rukia is like uh, like just like she's going out trick or treating and in an outfit, and we've got uh, we've got so many characters. Like you do have to go looking through their content. You've got like Chibi Ichigo. And chibi rangy and things as well. They've got like it's really cute. My my favorite one's the Urahara one, so that's one that I will link. It's um, so cute. In the show notes. They're so good though, yeah. aren't they? That, that mm-hmm. works great. <laughs> so, yeah. He's a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. So yeah, shout out to Necro for that. I don't know if they're still doing art for Bleach. I don't know, uh, but still definitely go and check them out. Cool. Is that us? I think so. Wow. Alright then, you wonderful souls. That is the end of another episode. If you like what you heard and you want to get involved, you can find us by searching for The Serite on Facebook, Tumblr and Instagram and T Serite on Twitter. Each of these platforms will link you to our fantastically deadly Discord family, just in time for Halloween, where you can chat with us about the show, read fan fiction, take part in creative challenges and talk anything and everything bleach. Now, Ichigo and Rukia might reap souls, but we are hoping to reap some five-star reviews. And that is where you come in. Make like our favourite orange-haired protector and Ichigo to iTunes to rate us, review us, and make Make us us feel feel like number one. one. Yeah. (laughs) To those of you listening on YouTube, don't forget to be like Chad and give us a good, good thumbs up. We really appreciate it. On the next episode of the podcast, we'll be covering anime episodes 143, Grim Joe Revived, and 144, Ishida and Chad, The Quickening of a New Power. We'll see you souls then. Till next time. Bye. Bye.